This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Catbox, a subscription box that delivers a new kitten to your doorstep every month. Experience the joy of kitten ownership over and over again. Or give the gift of kittens. Are you always wondering what birthday gift you should buy your reclusive aunt that smells like ammonia? Well, wonder no more. Listen to this satisfied customer of Catbox. Go to pussylife.biz to sign up today. Use the coupon code HMT at checkout to get free air holes. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a cool guy who is always cool. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrorable. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day. <laughs> Pussylife.biz. <laughs> Go check them out. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we're back from Christmas, and even fatter and schlubbier than ever. In the midst of our very special Christmas episodes in December, Netflix released one of the best horror movies of the year. Today, we will be reviewing and discussing Bird Box, unrelated to Cat Box. But first, let's talk about our website. Go to our website at horrormovietalk.com, and there you can find all of our past episodes and blog posts related to horror movies and links to our social media. Follow us on social media. We're pretty active on Twitter and Facebook. If this is your first time listening, we post every Wednesday and... Uh, if you could, subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on iTunes. We just joined Amazon Associates. I guess we didn't just join. We're a, we're part of Amazon Associates, and we have a link on our website at the very top of the page, big green button, that if you're going to go shopping in Amazon, click through that button and uh, help out the show. Even if you're a new listener of the show, we have an audience survey where you can share your opinions and help us improve the show. We want to know who you are and what you think of the show. Also, if you are a horror fan, you probably know about Shudder.com, which is basically the Netflix of horror. Um, Netflix is also the Netflix of horror, but Shudder is especially the Netflix of horror. More so. Mm -hmm. Even more. And if you're just waffling about whether you want a subscription to Shudder, maybe this will push you over the edge. If you use HMT... At checkout, it'll give you a 30-day free trial as opposed to the standard 7-day free trial. So they're a sponsor of the show, and we really appreciate them. I remember going to the video store every week as like a, a young adult, a kid and a young adult, and then a young adult. And, uh, you know, spending four bucks, five bucks every single week. Right. Shutter, you can watch hundreds of horror movies for right per month yeah and it's a great curated list yeah you know it's got it'll have some top tier recent movies like they had mandy as an exclusive still do. still yeah and uh yeah they had some good christmas horror movies that you couldn't find anywhere else so yeah check them out get the 30-day free trial and check them out um okay back to the topic at hand today we'll be talking about bird box and the way we do our reviews on the show is we'll start out giving a brief review and a score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 
Uh, you can kind of guess how that works. One is terrible. Ten is great. Five is average. Um, no surprises. It's exactly the quality that we expected. Later on, we're going to be doing taglines. And since it's the very beginning of the year and it's the first episode of the year, we're going to do a retrospective of our favorite movies of 2018 and looking at upcoming movies in 2019 that we're excited about. I'm super excited to do this. Yeah. So thanks again for listening, and let's get into the show. So yeah, we saw Bird Box, and it was really great. Surprisingly like, good. Yeah, it um, it's Sandra Bullock and doing like th- th- like Carrie brought it up. She's like, "Oh, this is a thriller," and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." You're right. You're you're definitely not wrong. She's like, "Where's the cutoff?" Which is the discussion that we've had before? Like, what's the difference between horror and a thriller? What's a, where does horror start or end? And I mean, this has so many elements of a solid horror movie. That, yeah, the fact that it has Sandra Bullock in it is going to really open up the audience. I mean, even yeah. even my wife, which never sees anything, is going to watch this movie. Did she watch this? She hasn't yet, but I mean, yeah, it's she watched A Quiet Place and she loved it. So, oh wow, I mean. Yeah, it's it's uh, similar in uh, premise. Right. And tone. And tone, yeah. Anyways, here's the trailer for Bird Box. It's story time. You know, when I was young, we had a boat. And every single summer, we'd take it to the lake. And there was love. And there was family. And it was a wonderful time. or a chemical attack. It is real evil. If you see it, that takes on the form of your worst fears. Every contact we have had with the outside has brought us death. No one's coming for us. Is anyone there? Hello? We have a place. It's safe here. The fastest way to get here is by the river. The birds will warn you whenever those things are around. We are going on the trip. Never take off your blindfold. We will make it. You take this and you go. Please don't take my children. Open your eyes. No, 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 no. Please don't take my children. Do you hear that? Creatures. Bird Box can be found only on Netflix. Yeah, it's a Netflix exclusive. How would you like to be typecast the way, um, <clears throat> the way that John Malkovich is typecast? <laughs> I don't even think you can say he's typecast. He's just John Malkovich. It's I kind of it. like casting 
Nicolas Cage yeah. or um, Christopher Walken. Listen, like, you fucking moron! Like <laughs> I can just I can see him in my head saying that. Like he's he plays the exact same person as he did in uh, Burn After Reading. Like he seemed so Burn After Reading to me, which is one of my very favorite movies. So Bird Box tells the story of Mallory, played by Sandra Bullock, as she experiences the fallout of a worldwide invasion of monsters that cause people to commit suicide when you look at them. The survivors of the invasion figure out that they must block their view with blindfolds or window coverings to resist the influence of the unseen creatures. The nonlinear narrative jumps between the onset of the global disaster where Mallory finds herself hold up with a motley crew of survivors in an abandoned house. And five years after that, when Mallory is floating down a river with two small children trying to get to safety, will they make it? Is it a happy ending? You'll just have to see it. <laughs> I see what you did there. Ah! <laughs> there is a star studded cast that give great performances, notably Sarah Paulson in her small role as Mallory's sister and Trevante Rhodes, which you might recognize from Moonlight is the love interest. 50 cents, little brother. Mm -hmm. John Malkovich is also in it. Yeah. It's directed by, <laughs> <laughs> it's directed by Susan beer, which has mostly just directed dramas and romances, but she's really shown her skill in this movie. Really, really effective psychological horror. Yeah, um, really one of the most impressive examples of really high-intensity, like high-intensity, right. very tense feel, like through the whole movie. Really tugs on you. Right. It's emotional. It's very tense. Lots of dramatic irony. Um, really creative use of the concept this is a really high quality movie and i'm kind of shocked that it wasn't released in theaters i just saw a post this morning that it's the okay netflix revealed to news outlets that in the first seven days of it being released it's had 45 million views holy shit which is basically the largest opening that they, they've ever had so if you're netflix and you i don't know the economics of, right. of distribution but i just look at this movie i'm like it's a no-brainer a quiet place was one of the most well-received horror movies of this year people are still talking about it and this is a spiritual successor to it almost i mean as good as yeah and and, and just got, as high quality yeah and it's got america's sweetheart in it yeah it's got Sandra Bullock, which is, I think she's one of the most bankable actresses. I think she is the most bankable actress. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you do a wide release? They did it, I think they released it in select theaters, but it's just mind-blowing to me that they wouldn't just do a wide release and cash in on it. Yeah, it feels like there's a long game at, at, in play here. Like, like at some point, like, I could just because I'm like... I'm thinking, okay, 10 bucks a month from all these subscribers, right? This is Netflix model. Now, right. once they got everybody, you know, once they have full saturation, then in is there like another play that's going to happen where it's like, okay, now we're moving to Amazon's business model where you get Prime, you know, and you have free shit uh -huh. on Prime. 
and then you got to pay for all the stuff we don't include in Prime. Is that the way Netflix will do it once they have a huge subscriber base, like an even bigger subscriber base than what they already have? Or Yeah, I almost wonder why Netflix hasn't opened up to just selling a la carte movies for rental. Right. Um, there is a lot of creativity in showing how people respond to this unique end-of-the-world scenario that we can talk more about in the spoiler section. Um, but no, most notably, this movie is a great example of how not to show the monster. I love it. It's I, so good. A movie like, after my heart. Even in the trailer. Um, so, yeah, we pre- play the trailer, and I know it's a little, uh, you know, without context, without the visuals for trailers sometimes, but we've asked the asked the listeners, and they seem to kind of like having it set up the the show yeah but we'll we'll have a a youtube video of the trailer on the post for this episode on our website if you want to watch it but anyways in the trailer seeing sarah paulson's terrified face really sells the movie yeah like god damn i want to see that because she just is looking out the window and terrified and you're like i want to know what she's terrified about yeah there's a lot of yeah every single time you see someone who sees the monster who sees the the bad guy every time you see that it's it's shocking it's right. it's oh it, it does it does great things right uh, another great compliment i can pay to this movie is that all of the character actions make sense yeah so anytime i was yelling at the screen it was from dramatic irony and not because of a stupid character decision it wasn't Bitch, get out the house! Yeah, it was, it was like, oh goddamn! Yeah, they picked the, they really had the right vehicle for every action to take. That is to say, they had the correct character do the dumb thing, right? Because that character was dumb, right? Or weak, or the, the yeah, the closest to that was one of the the children runs off and does something that Sandra Bullock tells him not to, and you're like. <sighs> fucking kids. Yeah, but you know like, what? You know what? Fucking kids. Yes, like a, you, you're like I, you're like. <laughs> God damn it! They're hard to control. <laughs> Why are you running into the street? Why are you doing that? Like, like you just look at the kid and you go, "Yep, that's exactly how a four year old would behave," because that's how four year olds behave. Right. The writing was also very good uh, at building the world and communicating the situation in a very short period of time. Partial credit goes to the direction as well. Just really, really good uh, storytelling. Lots of really tense moments and great payoffs throughout. Um, I give this a very high score of 9 out of 10. I absolutely agree with you. I would even edge it pretty close to a 10. Like this is This is almost a perfect movie to me. I don't know what uh, I I might actually give it a ten. Yeah, I mean, I am the only reason I don't give it a ten is that I I'm just reserving that for classics. Yeah, and that's that's fair. Time will probably forget this movie. I I, I imagine it yeah. won't it won't end up being an Exorcist or something like that because just because of the platform it re- was released on and the way it was released. But I mean, maybe I don't know. It sounds like it's it sounds like it's huge. I know when when it came out. <laughs> I mean, like I said, we were doing in December. We were doing Christmas themed episodes, and so we already had just a stock of Christmas episodes that we already recorded. Yeah, and like 
when Bird Box came out, I saw on Twitter the hashtag was trending for days. Yeah. Just people were loving this movie and I was like, God damn it. It was it, it's it's name the name Bird Box sounds so much like a, a product that, <laughs> to me that I was like, Oh, what's this uh I have I have birds. Well, do I need do I need this box? Of um, I keep mine in cages. I, what have I been doing wrong? I really like the the fact that this movie, yeah, like you were saying, the direction is really good. It doesn't hold your hand. Instead, it just displays everything you need to know and then moves on. There's not a bunch of bullshit exposition that pushes the story along. It, there's not, you know. Uh, there's no goofy, corny, horrible lines. It's just a well-made movie that that runs itself quite well. Yeah. So, yeah, this is one of the rare instances where we're in perfect agreement. Nine out yep. of ten. So, yep. go see this movie. Such a low threshold for for watching it. I mean, how can you not have Netflix at this point? You have to. But if you don't, I mean, geez. Get the seven-day free trial and... And watch Check Bird out Box. Bird Box. Yeah. So, um, all and, right. So, and the ritual. And the ritual, which we had an episode several weeks ago. You can check out. Let's get into spoilers. Let's do it. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> Uh, one of your beats. Uh, should I give it away? I, I I feel like I shouldn't. I'll tell you when we get there. I'm just laughing because okay. one of the beats you have written down is <laughs> it's very on point. <laughs> okay. Um, so first one we've already talked about. Sarah Paulson's face sells the movie. Yeah. The panic is real. Like so. Let's set this the start of this movie up in the chronology of the story that this movie is telling. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of the world starts happening when these, when these, like, whatever they are. Yeah, it starts very quickly. They yeah. just see news reports in the morning. Sandra Bullock is talking with her sister at her art studio. They look and at it the shows TV. like Russia and, you know, the Eastern, Eastern Euro- Europe are suffering just mass psychotic breaks of people committing mass suicide. Yeah, mass suicide. Basically. Tens and thousands of people. Yeah. And there's like... Wow, that's crazy. And then they go to a uh, OB, OB appointment because Sandra Bullock is pregnant. And by the time they get out, people are going fucking nuts. Yes. And it ramps up. It ramps up. The, the tension ramps up so quickly because imagine people imagine people around you just just rampantly committing suicide without any like care for the 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 life or 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 well-being of anyone else right so so there's people just running their cars into buildings running their you know uh just just driving just driving erratically there's explosions <laughs> happening there's there's people taking out guns and shooting themselves in the head yeah so you know that impulse when you're driving on the freeway it's just like what if, what if i just turn this wheel and went head on into that semi what if i just ended it all and entered the void right now this is this is what so this is what's called intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And just imagine that just everybody everywhere just gave into those thoughts. Acted on their very very real intrusive thoughts. Right. It would be horrifying, which yeah. it is. And just seeing seeing again, seeing Sarah Paulson's face, 
she's a great actress and really sells that moment of I'm terrified oh, of whatever I'm looking at and you don't get to see it. And it's such a spooky concept because if this happened, you'd just be you'd, you'd be like, oh, my, oh, my God, like I have to oh, I have to get to I got to get my kid to safety. My my, she's pregnant. Like, yeah, uh, like, yeah. yeah. Um, Sandra Bullock does a great job throughout. Like, I'm almost surprised that they got her at looking at the interviews and and stuff. Both Sandra Bullock and the director saw the script for this movie seven years ago and, and passed on it. Wow. And this was based on a book that was written before The Road and before um, – there's another movie that is really similar to. But they saw it and they passed and they're like, eh, it's really interesting, but I'm, I'm not really – I'm not in a place for it right now. And then recently they reviewed the script again and Sandra Bullock, you know, thought she was in a good place for it. Probably mostly because she has kids now. She has two kids now. And so, um, they, it's a little closer. They made it and it's just a great time to make it because again, it's, it's really close in, in tone to a quiet place. So just just to cover the monster itself, whenever anyone sees whatever it is, it's a creature, it's something, it's a presence that has some kind of physicality because they can see it. Yeah. But whenever they witness it, it's either they see their greatest fear or their most um, traumatic or mournful experience. Yeah. Seemed like some people saw people that had died that were loved ones and some people just saw the most terrifying thing in the world and they don't really no one says what they see that's the other great thing you don't see the monster but it's also never revealed what the people are they never tell you what they see either it's it seems like it's the most emotionally traumatic experience of your life relived and they're relatively early on within the first um quarter of the movie one of the characters gives a moment of exposition which basically tells you what the monster is you know it's it's a horror movie trope of like when they describe what zombies are yeah <laughs> it kind of like says oh yeah you know it could be it's probably this but what it really means is like this is what the filmmaker is actually going for so listen closely right um here's here's a clip of that explanation what the shit is happening Endgame, game man huh i'm sorry what the end game Humanity has been judged, and we've been found wanting. Judged by who? They go by different names, right? You got world religion and mythology that's full of mentions of demons or spirit creatures. People who actually seeking these creatures almost always describe the encounter as, as, as with the entity that takes on the form of your worst fears or your deepest sadness or your greatest loss. That sounds like bullshit to me, man. That's it's religious not, talk. It's not, it's not bullshit, okay? It's real talk. It's facts. They come in all different forms, right? You got the Akamana, you got the Vario Devas from ancient Zoroastrian legend. You got the Surgot from ancient Christian occult beliefs that made pregnant women encounter their unborn children as other creatures such as lobsters or spiders. You got the Hulajin from China. You got the Puka from Celtic mythology. All different names, but the same thing. And what's that? The end of us. So that guy get that baby lobster away from me. (laughs) Um, so that character is kind of a a side character, but you might recognize him from Get Out. He is the the friend on the phone, Lil Ray, Lil Ray Howery. 
Is that his Christian name? <laughs> That's his acting name. Oh. You know, what if your your name was Lil Ray? L-I-L-R-E-Y. Like the name like, your mama gave you? Yeah. And and you go into the Screen Actors Guild, and they're like, sorry, man, Lil Ray Howery's already taken. <laughs> you have to go by Little Ray. <laughs> <laughs> little J, little J Ray. You call me Ray. You call me Little Ray. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he does he does a great job being a bit of comedic relief. Yeah. But they never really go for comedy too much in this in this film. Um, he is also another great scared face. I'm going to put up a, a screen clipping of Sarah Paulson and Little Ray on the episode post, and you can you can check that out. There's there's like a a moment when they're in the car driving. We'll we'll get to how they do that in a second. But um, <laughs> Lil Ray, he's got this most <laughs> hilarious face where his like his bottom lip is going in and out just in this. So it's like cartoonish. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's making his lip go in and out. <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't quite capture that in the screen clipping, but I got I got close enough. We could we could make a gif of it. Right. Another another thing that's interesting. Apparently, little Ray, little Ray, Lil Ray. You gotta. <laughs> he'd be mad if I enunciated the T's. Um. Apparently, he didn't know any about any of that stuff that he was talking about. But John Malkovich's wife does, and he would talk to her on the phone, and and she'd be like, "Oh yeah," and then she'd tell him all about the mythology and stuff surrounding it, like all that stuff that he said. That's based on real. Sure. Mythology. Um, no so wonder. That's, that's basically the, the premise of the movie. And so what you need to take away is the rules are you can't look at it or else you'll just commit suicide. And then there, there's some other stuff that comes up later that there are some people that can look at it and survive, but you don't want to be around them. You don't want to be one of those people. Right. That's not a good thing. Um, so briefly... Th- I was really impressed with the creative solutions for for this premise. Yeah. Some really just um, cool ideas. Interesting in the same way that the, all the solutions for Quiet Place right. was. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's basically the same feel as a zombie movie, the, the first part of the chronology where they're holed up in the house. Yeah. And there's just something that they can't go outside because it's super dangerous. And so um, a couple of the the things that they do is they are able to drive the car to the grocery store by painting the car windows and then using the GPS yeah. to give turn by turn and just looking at the position of the of the car and the GPS, which is genius. I'm like, that is awesome. Because I practically do that already. <laughs> I, like, I some if I'm going slow on surface streets and I don't know where I'm going, like I'm pretty much doing what they're doing in the movie, not even really looking at the co- at the road. And then also it it talks about the using the proximity centers on yeah. modern vehicles to you know make sure you don't run in and into anything. And I thought it was probably a missed opportunity for a product placement for Tesla or one of these you know you know automated driving yeah cars that can just do it themselves oh man that'd be perfect yeah Tesla. but uh, but um, even just using the gps and the proximity sensor was genius to me yeah this did so this did a thing that in high school i had a friend who was such a terrible driver 
that I had to coin. To my knowledge, I coined this term entirely uh, originally by myself, which is driving by Braille. And <laughs> and he would just he would just le- kind of let the steering wheel like slip to one side until he hit the rumble strip, and then he just and then he'd make a sharp correction back the other way until he hit the other rumble strip, and then and then it would just continue in that manner the whole way, and this took that driving by Braille to the next level, right? Driving by skull. <laughs> uh, that's just a that's just a speed that's just bump. A speed bump. Just on one side. There's another speed bump yeah. and another. <laughs> just a wet, squishy speed bump as they're driving over dead bodies. Yeah. Um, another creative solution is using a reel of string to keep track of where you came from. So yeah. when they're later in in the chronology, when Sandra Bullock is on the boat with the kids, uh, when she leaves the boat, she has this string, you know, kind of a Hansel and Gretel thing. Uh, so she can be able to find her way back really easily. Um, also, the the moment in the movie where <laughs> they use the security cameras to try to figure out what's going on outside, and they're like, well, I mean, they're security cameras. We're not looking at it. It's like translating to pixels and putting black and white. It's probably not It's not, not the not same dangerous. thing, Yeah, right? it's not the same thing. And they're still very cautious about it. And then, yeah, it doesn't work out too well. Which, uh, to me, that was a a minor, uh, you know, that was a little bit of a continuity slip up because, I mean, they had been watching news footage of the world going under at the start of this whole thing a lot. Yeah, I was wondering about that, if if that was the reason why it spread, though, because how could it come across the ocean so quick? How could it spread worldwide so amazingly quick? Because... Could be, you know. Could be. Someone someone captured it on film and it was live broadcast. Which, in that case, then the continuity error is within this house, right? So these people in this house are watching the news uh-huh. and none of them got infected or, uh, you know, upset. Yeah, so. But it's a minor. It's, it's, it's right. so minor and so easily explained away because Bryce just did it just now. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of creative deaths. I mean, when... I mean, not super creative, but um, they they show people committing suicide in various ways, and the the guy that was set up to watch the the security monitor is probably one of the more creative ones because they tie him up to a chair, yeah, and put him alone in this room, and apparently it still drives him insane, and he commits suicide by rocking the chair and bashing his head in on a corner of of bricks, yeah, or something, yeah, just like goddamn. And that was uh, B.D. Wong. Yeah. You might recognize him from Jurassic Park. Oh. Or um, I think he was in American Horror Story. I don't I don't watch it, but I I read that he was in that with Sarah Paulson. Um, Why? American Horror Story. So I'm sorry to go down yet another little little road here. Just but it is it is uh, a horror show. I watched the first couple seasons of it. It was a very localized, you know, like in this house is a horrible, horrible thing is going on, and it's it's very localized, right? It's not, it's not, um, well, it's not worldwide. And then like the latest seasons have been called Apocalypse or something like that, and it's like, <laughs> why is every horror thing got to go to Apocalypse or Extinction? Yeah. 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 Whatever. Yeah. Um. Okay. John Malkovich's character. 
<laughs> such an asshole. He's such an asshole. He's so John Malkovich. And here is here is that character's philosophy summed up very quickly. This is his character talking. Because in the end, there are only two types of people, the assholes and the dead. True. I mean, this guy was a real jerk. <laughs> but yeah. he's not wrong. Yeah, that's that was the... Another trope of the asshole always being right. Yeah. The guy that's most pessimistic and uh, most untrusting usually ends up being right in horror movies. Oh, yeah, for this, sure. This was the case with John Malkovich. Yeah. I mean, if you're making a horror movie, you're probably not looking on the bright side of life. Right. And so you want to be vindicated in the way that, you know, making the asshole character who's the most... Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot of information on this movie on IMDb in terms of trivia and stuff, but I've watched some interviews with the cast. <laughs> and when they talk about John John Malkovich isn't on any of the interviews, but when they talk about shocking. <laughs> when they talk about John Malkovich, <laughs> it's so specifically like oh yeah, that makes total sense. That's how people would walk away from John John Malkovich. The only thing that all of them had to say was, he talked to the birds a lot. Oh. Like, literally. Yeah, that, no, that makes Anytime they weren't filming, he was all over them birds and, like, tweeting and talking to them. This makes and, like, perfect sense. Um, I think Trevante Rhodes, he talked about how it was uncanny that John Malkovich would be talking to these birds and he'd tell them to, like, move a foot and they would. You know, he's just had a special connection with these birds. And I love, I'm like, I love John. <laughs> just such a weird dude. He's such, and he's such a jerk. I feel like I would get along with him really well. Oh yeah, and then the other, <laughs> other thing that Trevante said is that there was a moment which he's like yelling at the cameraman, <laughs> cameraman like, "This is a close up." <laughs> like grabbing the camera and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah. So it's one of those situations where it's like, oh John, John Malkovich. Uh, John's John. He's not an actor so much as he is a person who yells at people on screen. <laughs> There's another great story. There's a clip on YouTube of of Matt Damon talking about working on Burn After Reading Rounders. Oh, Rounders. Is it Rounders? Is the one where he's a poker player? Was Matt Damon on Burn After Reading? No, no. I'm thinking um, something. No, it's it's a uh, when Matt Damon is a poker player and. John Malkovich plays like a a Russian gangster poker player, and he talks about the first time that he gets to act with John Malkovich, and he has such reverence and and was like, "Oh man, this is gonna be great!" And everyone on set was just like, "John Malkovich is just one of the greatest actors of our generation." And then he comes in, and the first scene, John Malkovich gives the most ridiculous Russian accent. Give the man his money. <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> and, and Matt Damon just looks at him with wide eyes and he's just like, what the he's, fuck he's are, lost you, his mind. are you doing? And John Malkovich sees Matt Damon's reaction and he he leans forward and whispers to him, I'm a terrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just at once you gain so much respect for John Malkovich 
great. And uh, anyways, yeah. So that's I love that that clip. You should check it out on YouTube. I'll, I'll post it in the in the episode post on our website. Oh man, um, it's gonna be a great post. <laughs> this is just a throwaway observation. <laughs> the, this is something that my friend Kevin would come up with. At one point, there's a an ex-con that Lil Ray's character recognizes that's trying to get into the grocery store they're in, and his name is Fish Fingers. <laughs> Fish Fingers. Which is a great name for an ex-con. I just want to say that. It, you know, I, the other uh, notable thing in this movie was uh, one of the actors is Machine Gun Kelly, the rapper. Right. Who is actually... Uh, at least in the small parts that he gets in this movie, he's a good actor. Yeah, not terrible. And it surprised me because I've seen, you know, I saw his little beef uh, thing with Eminem where he made a, you know, he made a song about Eminem, you suck, and it's god awful. Like it is very <laughs> bad. The everything about it is bad. And then to see him act in this, I was like, like first I was like, oh, that's a legit actor. That's not Machine Gun Kelly. And then like I'm looking at all the tattoos, and I'm like, that's actually. Well, I mean, Machine Gun Kelly is basically playing Machine Gun Kelly in this movie, though. So, yeah, I mean, yes, but he, he doesn't, doesn't embarrass himself. He does not embarrass right. himself, right? Um, Which is, I would think, his trademark. <laughs> <laughs> um, so halfway through the movie, we're introduced to the concept there that there are some people that are able to see the monster and survive, and they're basically the monster's acolytes. They, their whole goal in life now is to get people to look at the monster because oh, it's, it's so, so beautiful. It's so scary. And uh, here's <laughs> they, uh, the the character. They let a stranger into the house, and he explains where he came from and why he had to run from where he was. Here's the clip. These psychos from Northwood. Oh, I don't know where. Where is where is that? It's a mental institution for the criminally insane. So he has to run away from where he's holed up because there's a mental institution for the criminally criminally insane. This is what I was laughing loose. at. This this yeah. is the beat that I was laughing at yeah. earlier. Yeah. Which is So my question is, <laughs> is that still a thing? <laughs> is there actually somewhere a mental institution for the criminally insane or does that only exist in Gotham City? Um no, it has no. It, I mean, uh, it, you know what? Actually, I think there are parts of maximum security prisons and and prisons in general where criminally insane people go. Because, for example, um, uh, what's his face? Um, the guy who died a couple of years ago. He did the you know convince those people to kill those other people in L.A. Uh, Charles Manson. Yeah, Charles Manson. He was in um, in a prison right by where I went to college in San Luis Obispo. Uh, but it was a maximum security prison. Yeah. And he's definitely criminally but, insane. Well, yeah, but they don't... <laughs> it's not on the placard outside. Right, no. It either says, you know, state penitentiary, or it says, you know, mental hospital. Right. So to answer your question, no. <laughs> the 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 hospital for the, for the criminally insane does not exist anymore, I don't think. <laughs> but I love that they... Or maybe they, never did. They put that line in the movie. <laughs> um, so speaking of that stranger that's accepted in the house, that was one of the best turns in the movie and Ugh. one of the most tense scenes. Oh man! He talks about how you know he came across these people, and then later on, it's basically revealed that he is one of those people. That yeah. He saw the monster. He 
while the uh, two women that are pregnant are giving birth, he takes out his uh, <laughs> his, his charcoal book. drawing notebook uh. and starts laying out all these pages of, I assume, what the monster looks like or what he sees. So I guess they do kind of yeah. show... They kind of, of show it. I mean, they show artist it's, it's, interpretations. Yeah, it's many different... I almost wonder if they used, like, the uh, concept drawings. I yeah. wonder if they're, like, concept drawings for the monster that someone drew for the movie. Yeah. But anyways, he lays out all these things, and then he... They were convincingly terrifying. And then he um, is revealed that he's insane, and he starts ripping off all the coverings from the windows and making people look outside to the monster at this point john malkovich has been placed in timeout in the garage <laughs> for being a mean man to this new guy who's he's like we got to get rid of this new guy we got to either kill him or put him back outside because this guy's no good right and then they put him in the garage in timeout and john malkovich is like sitting there watching this guy like lose his shit unable to help because he's been locked out of the house right so <clears throat> almost everyone is killed because or kills themselves because they look outside but that was a super super intense moment yeah. like i was really like that was one of the times when i was yelling at the screen like god damn it's once you it's so manipulative in in one uh, like it's manipulative and i love it when you add a kid into the mix and two kids and women giving birth and they're at their most vulnerable and everybody's just innocent and you don't want them to get hurt and oh my god oh my god there's a guy in here trying to make us look at the suicide monster yeah. Yeah. So that's all early on in the chronology, and it kind of ends there, that that uh, time frame of what happens directly after. And then it jumps back and forth between that time and when Sandra Bullock is on this, you know, small rowboat with the two kids that, you know, were given birth to in the house um, that she only calls girl and boy. Oh, man. And uh, jumping forward... She's she's just rowing down this river, floating down this river to get to safety. And uh, every once in a while, she has to get out of the the boat to get supplies or whatever. And, you know, everything that you would expect to happen in a rowboat floating down with blindfolded people happens. Um, and then the bullet point that I want to talk about is that uh, at one point, Sandra Bullock is running in the woods blindfolded. If there's any, any like, uh, definitely gonna impale yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that a good idea? No. In the, in the, <laughs> just, I mean, you've worked in the forestry service. How long could you run in the forest blindfolded about, yeah. without any assistance? Oh, just about a second. Yeah. You could, you could take that first step or two and then you'd be impaled or, or trip or trip or really fuck yourself up. Yeah. It'd be no good. So pretty impressive looking at listening to some of the interviews on this movie. They're really blindfolded. I mean, they really couldn't see anything. And I think the director said something about kind of really having sleepless nights because Sandra Bullock insisted that there be no holes cut in the blindfold. Uh And so she would run into things. She like cut her face up pretty bad on one of the takes towards the end. The part where she's climbing up the ravine. She, like, makes a turn that's unexpected, and the cameraman didn't get out of the way in time, and Oof. she really, like, bled, you know? Uh, yeah, that's, that makes it. me uncomfortable. I would not. I'd not be okay with, like, blindfolding myself <laughs> and running through the woods. Yeah. Um, so The other, the other part about—the um, other big part to talk about that 
portion of the chronology when she's with those kids in the boat. is how realistic the yelling at the kids feels. Oh man. Like <laughs> everything surrounding those kids feels real. It's too real. Like just very, very like stern parent voice of just you do not move out. <laughs> you do not get out of this boat. Right? Don't. You will die. Yeah. Like you don't understand what you're yeah, and it's a really it's a really upsetting scenario that this movie puts the viewer in because because it's exactly how you feel about kids anyway. But all, the stakes are ultimate, right? So these kids basically don't get to have a childhood because they're always being prepared for the worst. Because Sandra Bullock is a super pessimist, and she's ready for these kids to die at any moment, as right. is observed by the fact that she calls them girl and boy. Yeah. And there's uh, there's kind of a through line about that, yeah. So, the, so the here's, here's, she... here's here's a clip because she's at, at some point um, she's with Trevante Rhodes's character, and they're all together as kind of like a pseudo family trying to make their way down the river together. Or no, they're just trying to survive. They're they're like camping out, and they've been living on their own for like five years. It and should be developed noted. a relationship. It should be noted that. The boy is Sandra Bullock's biological child. Uh-huh. The girl is the surviving child of of the other woman who gave birth. Yeah, at, at the, the same, same time. time, and then committed suicide, and then committed suicide. That now Sandra Bullock is raising. Right. Um. So, anyways, there there's two um, sides of the coin with with the relationship between Sandra Bullock and Trevante Rhodes's character raising these kids. Um, Sandra Bullock is very protective and all about survival and Trevante Rhodes's character is much more about you know giving these kids a good life nurturing nurturing and this is a this is a good clip that kind of explains that dynamic what is this for if they don't have anything to believe in Mal so that they survive surviving is not living Mal well they're gonna die if they listen to you life is more than just what is it's what could be what you could make it you need to promise them dreams that may never come true you need to love them, knowing that you may lose them at any second, okay? They deserve dreams. They deserve love. They deserve hope. They deserve a mother. They deserve a mother. You haven't given them names, Mal. Their names are boy and girl. Think about that. Every single decision I have made has been for them. Every single one. Even the girl and boy names? Like, that was the No, I mean, it, it makes sense. Them? It makes sense because you want... If you know that you are going to die... And you got some five-year-olds or little kids. You want to make sure that they understand they're on their own. Like you want to put distance between your emotional connection to them, so that they don't make stupid decisions after you're dead. And so it makes sense within the world of the movie what she's doing, and and uh, it makes sense as a character that. Well, first of all, she's kind of distant, and in general. And protecting herself by not having close relationships, and yeah. that's established very early on. And so half of it is that, but the other half is, in the world of the movie, trying to protect these kids, there's there's an element of, like, if something happens to me, don't try to save me, yeah. run. Shit could go down very quickly, and you could be on your own, and in that case, you still need to survive. Right. And it's so, it's such a cold perspective but it is it makes sense in 
in framing it that this is about survival and it's a decision that she made for the kids to not name them. That's uh, true. Still a little weird, but it, is it, still it, makes, weird. it makes sense the way they explain it. I bet that it's just uh, – I bet that there's a little bit of something lost in translation between the book and the movie that I'm sure is fully fleshed out in the book and just didn't have enough time to to do in the movie yeah. with the girl in the book. I'm sure that's fully explained in the book. Yeah. Um. So there are some real emotional moments in this movie that, like, I, you know, got me choked up a little. Um, oh, yeah, one was they're on the river and they they are going to come to this rapids part where the person on the radio that told them about how to get to safety said, one of you has got to take off blindfolds and, and navigate down the river if you're going to do that or else you have to get out and, and walk down. And... uh so one of the emotional moments is choosing which kid needs to take the blindfold off. And you're really – because it sets it up as, as like, yeah, Sandra Bullock, she hasn't named the kid. So it it communicates that she doesn't really have a deep emotional connection to him or that's what you suspect. She's trying to distance herself emotionally. But, but then she's she has to choose, like, do I – endanger my biological son or do i endanger this little girl that's with us and she's like nope it's my my, my decision when the boy yeah. volunteers so the, the scene goes down where they're hiding under this blanket in this boat going down the river and she's explaining to them that at some point one of them is going to have to look to help pilot the boat and and her boy automatically pipes up and goes I'll do it. I'll do it. And she's like, no, I will decide. And immediately your reaction is like, it's like a gut bomb. It's like a gut punch. It's like, oh, obviously. Like, and this is exactly what would happen. If you're tasked with with watching someone else's child and your own child and getting them and, and like survival, and then you have to sacrifice one. Mm, Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. What's that's a, an extremely uncomfortable choice because at that moment you're probably going to make a decision. Yeah. And it's probably going to be Sandra's decision. Yeah, a lot of the, all the real emotional stuff happens with the kids because Ugh. there's a strong connection and then the other the other big one is towards the end when she basically loses the kids. She falls down this ravine and gets knocked out, and the kids start wandering off. And, Ugh, and you those hear kids wandering around. <laughs> Fucking don't do that. She's told you a million times. Don't wander around. A- you stay put. And you hear the monster trying to get the kids to take off the blindfold by sounding like Sandra Bullock, telling them to take the blindfold off. It's okay, kids. Take off your blindfolds. Yeah, and so they're all. It's like a real tense moment, and. You see Sandra Bullock when she wakes up. She's like panicking and running in the woods and running into cameras, and you know she's she's freaking out. And that's like a real, it's it's the the pinnacle of the movie in terms of tension. The shot that didn't happen that I wish would have happened was Sandra running through the forest and then running into the camera and being knocked out cold. Right, running into yeah. the camera with her face. Yeah. They chose to leave that on the editing floor. Damn. Um, and the other real emotional moment is the part where Tom, uh, Trevante Rhodes' character, um, sacrifices, sacrifices himself. himself. He protects the kids and Sandra because there's this rove of, you know, the criminally insane that come to try to... Ocalites. To, to get them to look at said monster. 
and he stays behind and he takes off his blindfold so he can shoot all of them real good and then he he sees the the monster and he uses his force of will to kill the final one before killing himself yeah very um hero's journey yeah sort of thing um so those are great moments so the last thing to talk about is was there an allegory in this movie i was trying to trying to pick out all the themes and some of the stuff that i thought they were going to tie in from based on what they showed in the beginning of the movie um wasn't really the moral to the story necessarily like they made a pretty big point early on showing cell phones as an inability to connect and kind of using that trope uh, a couple things early on in the movie made me think this but i think that's mostly directed towards bullock's character and more about her story arc of not being able to connect um emotionally and then her arc is by the end of the movie she has her walls broken down and and she's able to finally connect to those kids and feel safe Um, yes to all of that but um i would say um and this is the ultimate spoiler so if you're uh if you're really looking forward to bird box you know, maybe skip ahead three or four minutes because this is this is really giving away the full thing. Uh, and here we go. So I think the the big like smack you in the face allegory that came across in this was sometimes those who can't see see the most. Right. The like the the blind, the the mm-hmm. where they end up their their ultimate asylum is found at a house for the blind. Right. Where, oh, these guys can't see, so they're automatically safe. And they have a convent, uh, not a convent, but a, um, a commune where there's a bunch of people who have found this place and now they're living in a little utopia surrounded by evil. Yeah. I mean, there's the other, the other allegory or the concept that I thought they were going for is just kind of a Pandora's box kind of situation where once you know something or once you see something you can't go back right where yeah. it's just that's it like and, you can't you can't change it and it's unavoidable and it and this the circumstance of this movie it happens very quickly like yeah you're you're changed immediately and then it means doom right you know the, uh, not necessarily evil released into the world but like now you, now you die because right. you can't go back a kind of a, a pandora's bird box <laughs> Uh, th- which is it? Which so we haven't really talked about birds at all. We kind of mentioned it a little bit, which is like the whole reason this movie's called Bird Box is because birds see the thing and they freak out, and that's how you know the thing is near. Yeah, or they sense it, or they sense it. I mean, they can't even like see it in the box. It's got some right breathing holes, but they'll freak out in the presence of the monster. Yeah, it's interesting. Which isn't a huge part of the movie. Actually. No, like, yeah, it's kind of to name the movie Bird Box because they keep bird they, they, because you see birds three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. That was... I should have just called it a blindfold. Oh, there you go. Blindfold. It or, does... or blind. Ooh. Or a blinded place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, another theme that I thought we... that The clip that I played about survival versus living, that's definitely like a strong trope. But that's in a lot of horror movies of just how can we create a life in this horrible situation versus how can we just live day to day 
Yeah. And the decisions that you make based off of that. Don't see good movie. That's another good title. <laughs> there you go. Um, save it for taglines. <laughs> um, the final two ideas that I kind of had what they were going for is just the greatest fear, the concept of your greatest fear, how it's different for everyone. And it's just kind of a cool concept. Yeah. Um, and then also in, in some of the interviews, like one thing came up um, that I thought might be an interesting idea that they're trying to, to bring out of like, what is causing people to harm themselves? Like in general, like in society right now, people are committing suicide a lot more than they used to. And what's going on? Like, why are people harming themselves? And so in this situation, it's, you know, the nth degree, all of a sudden everyone's killing themselves and no one knows why. Right. And it's this terrible thing that's going on. No, I like that one. That's, that's probably the most on point, right? Which is, which is we kill ourselves every day over the fears that we make up in our own head that no one else can see or, or, or perceive. Right. I mean, it's a very rich concept. There's, there's lots of stuff going on in this movie. It's, you know, lots of, interesting character stuff lots of world building um overall overarching themes yeah like it's it's a a really great movie so yeah go see it okay one last bullet point so it was such a great decision not to show anything i'm just absolutely great and then i learned that there is a deleted scene Uh. where they show the monster because some genius producer said, I mean, you got to show something, no. right? You got to show something. How can you, how can you, how can, oh, that makes me so upset. I know. It's like the, the <laughs> you just take the, another all... example of a, of a non-creative business person. It's like, I want input now. You take all the power away from the thing as soon as you show it. It is gone. So apparently um, they said what it looked like <laughs> in the in the scene where they were shooting it. And it, to, to their credit, it was going to be a dream sequence. It wasn't going to be like an actual real life thing, but it was going to be Sandra Bullock in a dream sequence. And she sees the monster and it was a big green snake thing with a baby face. And so Bullock, apparently it was very hard to get through it because Bullock thought it was fucking hilarious. And she would break up every and people on the crew. And I think the director was like, I'm sorry. I was like, we just got to do this. You know, like it's never, it's never going to see the light of day. Thank and God. so, yeah. So I can't imagine how bad that would be it's if interesting. they showed it. It's interesting to think about it for me because if, if they'd have shown... Two seconds of an interpretation of the monster, it, other than the drawings. Like, the drawings worked because there was no... It, it, it didn't... You know, it was like a bunch of different things. It was like, oh, and goddamn, they were all fucking spooky. And it was just this guy, <laughs> like, like kind of like just jerking off over these terrifying yeah. Yeah. F- photos and or, or, uh, or drawings. But if you had actually, if the movie had actually come in and been like, here was what the monster looked like for two seconds, the whole movie would have been upsettingly ruined for me. You know what it would have been? It would have been signs. Oh, yeah. That's, although That's like I, the, I like signs. I like signs too, but the worst part of it is showing the aliens. Yeah. I mean, kind of. 
I mean, they kind of paint themselves into a corner that where they, you know, have to have the aliens attack them, and so they can kind of see them. But, the, the, but like, if it was, if they had made the aliens just unseeable, yeah, that would have been. Or if they had just left it to extremities, you know, like a hand or a foot right. or like a dash, a thing dashing away that you can't quite make out, that works fine right. for me. Right. Yeah, but as soon as it's like, oh, it's a little gray alien or a yeah. big gray alien. Swing away. Swing away, Meryl. Um, okay, so that's uh, all the things I have to say about the movie. Final recommendations. This is a wide release horror movie thriller everyone could see this and like it see now you sound like, like me and i'm gonna say i'm I'm gonna say yes you're right with the exception of if you there are a lot of people who are just don't like stressful shit yeah and this is very stressful yeah that's true i guess not i mean no no movies for everyone but i mean even if you're if you're a sandra bullock fan you like this movie Oh yeah. If you are a thriller fan or like uh family-based horror movies, you'll love this. Yeah. Um if you like zombies, there's got like a little bit of zombie feel to it of, you know, end of the world scenario. Um psychological thriller stuff. I mean, just lots of good stuff in in this. It's very very good. Like I said, like I'm really surprised that it didn't get a wide release cuz it would have done really great. Yeah, it would have. And there's been a joke in our house uh, for the last week. We watched this about a week ago, like maybe Christmas Eve or Christmas or m- maybe the, the Sunday before Christmas. Anyway, um, we <laughs> so we watched the trailer for it one night and Carrie was like, holy shit, I don't think I could deal with that tonight. I was like, yeah, I'm not really feeling either, it either. And then we kind of ruminated on it for 24 hours and came back to it the next night and Carrie's like, okay, I think I'm ready ready to watch that shit and then we watched it and it was just as stressful as as we had imagined and every night since then we've been like what do you want to watch we'll watch bird box hell no like it's because it's it's effectively stressful it's yeah. it's like edgier seat like oh man ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah okay go see it or sit down in your house and see it next tagline Here's tagline. So taglines is a is a bit where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we're reviewing. Some of them are funny. Some of them are just, you know, hacky. Hacky. Could actually work for the movie, but these are ones that we think are more fitting. How many did you uh, did you get? Um, I've got five. Wow. Maybe half of them are okay. <laughs> okay, I uh, I've only got I've only got three. So okay, you go first. that's fine. Okay, first tagline. Saw you with the box. What was in the box? Uh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? Oh, it's just birds. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Cut. Print. Oh, that's good. What's in the box? Oh, sorry. Oh, it's just what's birds. What's in the box? It's just birds. It's just birds. Yeah. Uh, Bird Box, the best Visine commercial ever made. 
Because every time anyone saw the oh, thing, yeah, yeah. their eyes turned like nine shades of brown. Yeah. It was so gross. Yeah. And I realized that going back and watching the Sarah Paulson scene, it happens with her, too. Like, I thought that was a con- continuity yeah. thing. I thought that only happened to people that were, like, converted. No, if you're converted, was... your eyes look kind of normal, but your your irises are all fucked up. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah it should have been, like, Ben Stein being like, God, dry eye. Remember those Ben yeah. Stein commercials? Yeah. Bird box. Blind people be like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> what are you... Hey, it sounds like... Anybody? Hello? Uh, Bird Box. Simpsons did it. Just don't look. Just don't look. When there's that Simpsons episode, it's a Halloween episode where all the um, all of the like like the Pep Boys, like all of the brand uh-huh. uh, oh, brands right. come yeah. to life. And oh, okay. and they're and they're destroying the town, and the the reason all these brands are alive, all these uh, these statues like you know, the, the uh, Bob's Big Boy and the Pep mm-hmm. Pep Boys and all this kind of stuff, the reason they're alive is because everyone's paying so much attention to the brands and stuff, and so their solution is just don't look. They make a little jingle, just don't look, just don't look, and then they you know then you're safe. Mm-hmm. Bird box. Somewhere, John Krasinski is furiously rewriting his script for A Quiet Place to A Dark Place. God damn it. They stole my shit. I like it. Yeah, I, John Krasinski, uh, did he write A Quiet Place? Uh-huh. Wow, man. That's yeah. that's really impressive. Yeah, that's his that's his baby. Man. Bravo. Um, okay, a bird uh bird box. The scariest part is how Sandra assumed her kids' genders while naming them girl and boy. Mm. Why, you can't be doing that, Sandra. Don't you know? Come on. I mean, yeah. G- how do you know she's girl? And uh, they tried to be politically correct with the you know Rainbow Coalition inside that house, right? With the gay Asian, but you know they gay. they missed up. You know, they she should have called them Zim and Zer. Mm. All the all you Zimzers. <laughs> Um, Bird Box, the best terrified close-ups since Hereditary. Um, and final one, Bird Box, are you afraid of the dark, the movie? (laughs) Which is actually coming out in 2019, supposedly. Are you afraid of, you mean the Nickelodeon Uh show? They're making a movie based off of, are you afraid of the dark? Which, if it actually has any kind of scares in it, will be not faithful to, are you afraid of the dark? Actually, Are You Afraid of the Dark, those episodes were scary until the ending. And then the ending was like, okay, we know your kids. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. It's it, okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now this is semi-unstructured. I don't have any kind of intro to it, but I wanted to talk about the best of 2018 and then talk about movies coming out this year that we're excited about. Um, I've got a list for both. We don't have to talk about all of them, but let's talk about, oh wait, maybe I can do this. Hold on. The best of 2018. Okay. Um, so what's, what's the top movie this year for you? I think I know what it is. Oh, it's obviously, um, it's obviously the Meg. 
Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hereditary. Yeah, it's right? hereditary. I mean, if you listen to our past episodes, it's definitely hereditary. Um, yeah, that was that was great. I think. I mean, we have a whole episode on it, so we don't need to talk too much about it. But yeah, a real. I, I think it's pretty unappreciated for how good it is. Like that should have. I, I think if they had a better title, that would have done a lot better. It got snubbed at the Golden Globes. I know. Like, if ridiculous. you're going to win anywhere, it's going to be the fucking Golden Globes. Yeah, Tony Collette just was so great in that movie can someone please explain to me in what universe hereditary doesn't get any nods at all and black panther does oh my for best movie oh my god it's just such an obvious like (sighs) okay this is clearly only about money like that's all this is or about social (sighs) social justice well hey you know what we i don't take can you can you fucking be a little bit more inclusive Bryce, I'm so pissed at you. Um, another, uh, so we've already talked about a quiet place quite a bit in this movie, but I, I think it was a breakout oh, yeah. of the year, and um, yeah, it's a great horror movie, very inventive, and and sent, I think it's going to open up for a lot more movies like this. Yeah, you know, like Bird Box, and to where it's family based and it's a end of the world scenario. Yeah, it. Like it, what's what's going to be the next sense that they 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 go off of? It's going to be taste. You yeah, I know. You can't I, you can't taste the evil. I I, I kept. I, <laughs> that's my that's been my thing that I've been running over in my head. It's like we're just checking off the senses right now. Um, the uh, you know I saw that uh, Get Out wasn't on your list, but then I realized that was 2017, and right. it just bled over into 2018. Yeah. I watched it in 2018 yeah. in theaters. Um, but I don't know if, if that counts, but Get Out definitely in there. Right. And, and uh, as far as, you know, 2017, 18. Yeah. Um, had a great time with that one. Although just mostly dark comedy slash horror. So these are these are the movies that came out this year that were notable that we actually have episodes about. So we don't have to talk too much about them. But Halloween... Suspiria was fantastic. The house that Jack built is increasingly growing on me. Like I, I, it just gets better and better the more I think about it. Like I think about that way more than I think about Halloween or, you know, or even Suspiria. Like I don't think about Suspiria as much as I think about the house that Jack built. Um, I, I don't, I don't think about the house that Jack built for the reason that I think about Hereditary. I think about it because it's doing so well for us. Like, oh, well. <laughs> so many people are listening to that episode that it has. It. I'm. I'm curious to know why because I dislike that movie. Well, I think like looking at our stats for our episodes that work out very well are the art house horror movies do yeah. very well. Yeah, like Suspiria and the House that Jack built are standouts. Yeah, and which is interesting because they're not wide release. Like, I don't think you could even see Suspiria in no. most theaters. No. I think it was just, like, you know, the niche indie movie theaters that showed it. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that might contribute to people being curious about it and wanting to listen to a podcast. But, yeah, that's kind of uh, our sweet spot is uh, art house, new, yeah. new art house movies. Stuff that stuff that's not available to the, the, to, to the general masses. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- Suspiria, I think about a lot because that was like I was so upset by that movie. 
that it it's gotten into my head in a weird way where it's like why was i so upset by it? but then i think about all the scenes that upset me and it's like oh oh i yeah. now i know now i i know why it's just impressive that they were able to ugh, that yeah. they were able to do that also overlord we have an episode on um not one of not one of the absolute best but definitely one of the better ones oh, of yeah. the year yeah, a fun movie to see in theaters, yeah. for sure. Another one is Mandy. I don't think we've released our episode on Mandy yet. No, we have not. So Mandy came out this year. Uh, it's available on Shudder for streaming. Use HMT at checkout. Only on movie. Shudder. Nowhere else. That was a good one. Um, one that we haven't talked about that I watched on Netflix is Cam. Have you watched Cam? No. You mentioned it to me, and you said, hey, you should check this out, but... um. No, I have not seen that. It was. I think it gets a lot more love than it probably deserves. It, it was hyped up for me, and I was like, "All right, I'll watch it." And it was good. It was interesting. It's kind of a psychological thriller type thing, but yeah, it was good. It's notable. It's definitely it, worth watching. What was it's it about? On, it's about a cam girl. Oh, okay. That, that she's working, and then something happens where. She's locked out of her account, but a doppelganger is still making videos under her account. Ooh. Looks exactly like her. Oh, weird. And so it's a weird, like, thing. It sounds kind of like us. Which yeah. Which is coming out next yeah, year. kind of. Yeah. Which is uh, the, the uh, what, what's, his, what's his face? Um, uh, uh, Jordan Peele. Peele. Thank you. Yeah, uh, that which looks which the trailer. Yeah, for so it, let's let's talk about so that's 2018. Hey, but quick question: Did uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer that come out in 2017? Yeah, I think it must. That, that have. wasn't this year. Okay. Yeah, that's another notable one for me, but that's not 2018. So yeah. So, anyways, those are those are all the great movies. I didn't include Puppet Master: The Littlest Reich. You know, <laughs> <in> there, <laughs> but I love that movie. Yeah. Uh. Definitely stays with me a lot more than Halloween 2018, yeah. which Halloween 2018, like a like by the like if you're checking boxes, it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. But uh, for me, not a big slasher fan. And uh, yeah, it was just kind of like it was fun to while I was there. Yeah. Like I've forgotten about it since Puppet Master was much more, <laughs> much funnier and much more fun. Yeah. Like a fun of fun watch. Okay, so let's get into 2019 movies. 2019, 2019. movies. So, um, yeah, so these are movies coming out in 2019 that I'm, I think all of these I'm, I'm very curious about seeing or very curious about in general. Let me just lead, read off this list and we can talk about anyone that, in particular that we want to. So, It Part 2, Us... Pet Cemetery, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and Hellboy reboot, The Curse of La Llorona, Zombieland Two, The New Mutants, World War Z Two, Annabelle Three, Conjuring Three, and The Crooked Man. All of those are related to the Conjuring universe. Scary stories to tell in the dark, like the book, like the book, Piercing, uh, Child's Play reboot. Creep 3, Fright Night 3, Saw 9, 
uh, Slaughterhouse Rules, and a Fly, the Fly reboot. So, I mean, there's a lot of pretty interesting stuff coming out. Some of it might be a total disaster. I'm I'm predicting the the Fly reboot. That I was gonna say the the most horrendous. Uh, thing that will happen to any of these movies is going to be the Fly reboot. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, uh, not super confident about Annabelle three. <laughs> um, the New Mutants. I'm very dubious about because the New Mutants was supposed to come out this year yeah. or in 2018, and they pushed it back. I think at least twice. New Mutants won't be good. It'll be the same thing that Wolverine was or Logan um, was. Which is like lauded by people who, who are not. I don't know. I, this sounds ex- gatekeepery of me. Yeah. yeah, it does. And but it was fucking dumb. <laughs> Logan was a bad movie, and if you liked it, I, we do not share the same taste. <laughs> like, well, I liked it. We do not share the same All taste. Right, whatever. <sighs> yeah, the, the the new mutants just it doesn't look very good. Yeah. It looks like uh, Fox was trying to double down on like gritty. R. Gritty super R-rated um, superhero movies. Um, I'll give them points for creativity, that they're not just going after a straight-ahead superhero movie, that they're trying to use a new genre, trying to use horror genres to tell the story, which is interesting. But the fact that they've moved it back by, you know, over half a year does not instill confidence in that movie. Yeah. That's usually a very bad sign. And it's not something, in my mind, that's easily translatable to horror. Like, it seems like a reach, like a kind of a stretch. The other one that um, that could be a fucking super hot mess to me is Pet Cemetery. Um, yeah. Because, because you're really, like, that's another one. You don't, don't try and redo something that really did very, very good on the first run through. Yeah, I mean, it's, if you're going to reboot something, Pet Cemetery is probably due for a reboot, but just from the trailers, I'm not super psyched about the quality of it. Like, it doesn't look very convincing that, you know. It looks like it could be, like, it could be good. Like, I, I'm holding my breath for it. Yeah. Oh, man. One They're of the- really kind of emphasizing, like, the child cult or something i i've never read it i don't i don't remember anything about watching it i know i've seen it but they're like really emphasizing kind of the child cult aspect of it as opposed to scary zombie animals yeah in the trailer which is like and isn't that kind of the point scary zombie animals is well what it's about um well that and the little possessed kid um the the thing that made Pet Cemetery really great in my mind was not necessarily the horror elements within it. It's the kind of the good small town like campy 90s, 80s, 90s feel of it. You know, like uh, it felt like misery, you know, yeah. which is to say fun, but also fucked up. Yeah. And and like heartwarming, but also very fucked up. You're right. Um, so I, I don't know. I know they won't be able to recapture that, which is all the charm about that movie for me. But I tell you what, when I never have a bad time at Godzilla movies. Yeah. I, I never do. I haven't seen I didn't see the last one. Maybe the Matthew Broderick one wasn't so fun. Oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one that I'm not excited about at all. I'm, I'm just not a big fan of monster movies in general. 
If you're going to do them, they better be Godzilla. That's <laughs> the original, you know. He's the king of the monsters. Right. Um, see, that, that's the other, the other part of it, is that it's very obvious that they're trying to do a monster universe. Everyone's trying to copy the Marvel Cinematic Universe in everything, and it never works. The last so Godzilla movie was really good. Did you I, ever see it? I never it? saw it. No. You should. It's it like if So I think like the whole purpose of of this next movie is to combine Godzilla with King Kong. And the last Kong movie was Oh man, that was a lot of yeah, fun too. I got to watch that one too. I mean again, I'm not a big fan of monster movies. Yeah, like you got big, big giant monsters. I like I get it. You really got to set your expectations. You go, this is what this is. This I is just a- don't care about big monsters crushing things. And yeah. I guess that's just a personal problem. <laughs> yeah but, no i feel you trust me like i'm not like i'm the last person in line to see a uh you know Dwayne the rock johnson movie it's just not <laughs> it's not what it's about for me um so the the two movies that i'm very excited about seeing yeah is the first two that i listed it part two yeah which has a really fantastic cast it sounds like let me let me bring it up here what kind of weird? Because they w- they were willing to go so weird and sexual with the first one, so true to the like the weird perverted content of the the book on the first one. I'm very curious to see how how fucked up it'll be on the second one. From everything I have read, very like they're they're getting into the weird coke addled lore that's in the book. Great. So about. You know, like the turtle god or what, yeah, <laughs> or whatever, and uh, yeah. So, so here's the uh, the cast. So Bill Skarsgård is still going to be Pennywise. Jessica Chastain is going to be Beverly. James McAvoy is Bill Denbro. Bill Hader is Richie Tozier. Um, yeah, I mean the just those three. Like, I want to see those guys. Yeah, me too. Um, and the first one was was so good the the only i mean i liked tim curry's pennywise better from the tv movie but the tv movie is just demonstrably terrible compared to (laughs) compared to this movie in terms of just well the part one was okay like the kid part was okay when it gets to the adult part it's really cringeworthy the the tv the 90s tv movie yeah but i i have a soft spot in my heart for it yeah um but yeah obviously it part one was great. Yeah, it, it really was. A lot of people like in the horror community, quote unquote, really don't like it because it's a it is a jump scare uh, ride. Yeah, I wish they had relied more on psychological stuff. And there's parts where it did. Yeah, there was plenty of parts that it did. And it was willing to be so fucked up that it really. And you know what? I don't have anything against jump scares. I think I think the way they treat Pennywise will probably date the movie a little bit. Like in ten years, he'll be like, okay, that's mid-teens, you know, um, horror. Interesting. Very, very much about jump scares of the monster running towards the camera or mm-hmm. weird jerky stuff. Yeah, it's gonna. I don't think it'll it'll be as timeless as Tim Curry's. Like you're performance, right. yeah, I think you're right. Um, but yeah, it's it is still great, even with any of its flaws, which are just 
you know, stylistic stuff or what's popular right now. But that being said, the jump, the jump scares worked. Yeah. I mean, I it I jumped at it. Anytime any if you have a movie where it essentially where there's uh 150 gallons of blood poured into a room, you get a pass. Yeah. I I'm yeah. I'm like, okay, that was Yeah, anything with with uh yeah, gallons and gallons of blood appearing in, from anything is great or anything with heads that are exploding. Mm-hmm. I'm on board. Yeah. You get an extra couple points from me. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and then the, I think even more so than it part two, oh, I'm really yeah. excited about us. Oh man. And they just released a trailer for, for us. Um, a well, controversial for, trailer for everyone, but for the movie us. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's Jordan Peele's new movie. Um, he did get out, which is amazing how good it is for his Debut. first first movie he's ever done so everyone's really excited about us what was controversial about it it's so it's so upsetting to watch like people people do not like that trailer <laughs> because it's it's too much in the in the theater right oh yeah it, yeah yeah that was a lot of what i read about mm. it was like people there was some upset about how how disturbing that trailer was and they're not wrong i mean it's a disturbing trailer yeah it's a yeah it's it's a great trailer because it doesn't really give away much yeah it's very gives the premise very yeah gives gives the premise or just enough details about the premise that you're like okay yeah it's about a family who uh, is as far as i can tell this family looks out their window one night and they see essentially clones of themselves uh-huh. walking down the driveway, and they're like, "Whoa!" Like the those are four people who are exactly like us, but they're like the the, the twisted up, version, the, the upside down version. It's of like us. the Bizarro version yeah. of the family. Yes, that's exactly what it is. It's Bizarro version, and yeah, and it and and then it just oh. yeah. And I'm assuming just based on Get Out, I think it's going to have a really um good social commentary component yeah. of it. Yeah. That's not groan inducing, that's very creative. And I'm I'm looking forward to see what, what he does with it. I can already feel it just in the title, right? Yeah. Just us. It's yeah. like, oh well there it is. Here's your here's your here's what we are. Yeah. So that one that one I'm really excited about. Um I love the creep movie so creep oh. 3 will, should be should be great i didn't like creep 2 as much as i like the first one but this is the sleeper on the list for sure yeah if you haven't seen creep i mean oh man what a great what a great movie you that cannot is. just you cannot go wrong by whatever creep. whatever it's trying to do it's pitch perfect to that mark duplass is <laughs> an angel so great in it yeah. he just rides that razor thin line of of like terrifying and goofy as fuck. Yeah, he's he's like Michael from the office. He's like Steve. <laughs> it's like it's like the perfect man doing exactly what he was meant to do. Is a man who knows how yeah. to make you feel uncomfortable and 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 just off. Like just makes you squirm in your seat watching this movie. It's 
fabulous. And Creep 2 is not far away from, from yeah. the quality of the first. Yeah. It's very close, and it's so true to form. Right. And Creep 3 is going... I'm very excited for it. Uh, also, the, the, what I'm really curious about is scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, so based off of the book, the creepy illustrated book with short poems and short stories um it's produced by guillermo del toro it's not going to be directed by him but it sounds like he's he's going to have a bunch of creative input so it'll be it'll i wonder about the director it's kind of he's unknown to me but i feel like it'll be a tim burton type thing where it'll look fantastic yeah it'll be pitch perfect on the visuals and then the actual movie will be hard meh yeah and that's how a lot of the way that's the the way i feel about a lot of guillermo del toro stuff yeah. um which is like oh that's a it's just kind of forgettable uh but yeah boy does it look great and the concepts are there are, are solid yeah how do you feel about the hellboy reboot they have a trailer for it now yeah i mean you're taking like my like a very like a sacred franchise to a lot of people and um and and a very accessible franchise um that could be done some great stuff so i i have high hopes for it you can do some great stuff with hellboy um i don't know how well it's it lends itself to actual full-on horror um it could be dark and it could be kind of fun it i that's my hope for it that it's yeah. that it's dark and it gets into some myths and legends of you know the true to hellboy um comic content where you know they they kind of delve into a regional mythology or lore or legend of something like that instead of kind of going full sci-fi with it just yeah kind of have it based in history have it based around something yeah. terrifying some myth I think people that are fans of the first movie are kind of upset that Ron Perlman isn't Hellboy in this one. Who is Hellboy in this one? Um, it's the guy from Stranger Things, the cop. Oh, which well, is a really great. good choice. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, he'll be great. Yeah, I, Ron Perlman. Don't get me wrong, fantastic Hellboy. But I mean, if you're going to have somebody else do it, yeah, and it, Ron Perlman's starting to get pretty old too. Yeah, like yeah. he's yeah. If Hellboy had. Well, Hellboy does have hair, doesn't he? No. Oh, if Hellboy had hair, he would have white hair at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so that's that's what we're excited about for 2019. Tell us what you're excited about in the comments or on social media. What are you looking forward to this year? What were your favorites of 2018? It's a new year. Um, it's a time to reflect and a time to look <laughs> forward. So I'm sorry. Of course Hellboy has hair. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. He does. So let us know in, in the comments or on social media. We look forward to talking with you there. We're excited about the new year. I think we're committed to make the podcast better and better. If you want to help us out, take the audience survey on the website. Um, it'll be on the sidebar of this post or in the main navigation um, from anywhere on the website, horrormovietalk.com. So thanks again. Please, please share the podcast with a friend. If you've got a friend that you know likes horror or just tangentially has gone to a horror movie with you or you talk about stuff, share share the podcast with them. Yeah. That's that's how we grow. We don't advertise. You know, we don't do... 
<laughs> any of the ideas that we've come up with for for promoting the the podcast. So we rely on you <laughs> to share the podcast or retweet it or whatever, you know? Yeah, it would help us out a lot. Yeah. Um again, if you want to help out the podcast, uh click through on our Amazon link on our website. Bookmark that link. Bookmark the link and anytime that you shop for kitty glitter or whatever you shop for at Amazon, we'll get a a very very small bite of it. And uh, we've we've had some people from the analytics. I've seen that people have clicked through, but no one's bought anything. No one's yet. bought anything yet. You guys are you guys are slipping. Yeah, I think we we might have lost our opportunity <laughs> to to qualify. I think no, we have no, no, 40, no. 45 days or something. You have ninety days. Oh, 90 days yeah. to Amazon will look at us and be like, "Is it even worth worth it to continue with horror movie talk?" Yeah, help us out. Get throw us a bone. Yeah, just go buy like a like a, a twenty five cent screw. There you go. So we'll we'll get a little taste of that. Mm. We'll get a percentage of a cent. Also, check out Shutter. Check out Shutter to get a thirty day free trial of Shutter. You can watch Mandy or any of the other curated movies on their list. Use HMT at checkout. You get a thirty day free trial instead of their seven day free trial. The horror movie streaming platform. All right. It's a long episode, but I think uh, it's worth it. I agree. I had a lot of fun. It's a great uh, movie and great talking about stuff coming up. I had a lot of fun this year doing horror movie talk, and I hope to keep it going perpetually yeah. into the forever. So keep listening. Thanks for listening. And we love you. I love you, too. Aww. I love you, David. And I love you, listener. I love you, Bryce. Bye-bye. Bye.